So from all the webs of stage, we've got Donkey Kong, a slip in time. <laughs> a what in time? A slip in time. A slip in time. Uh, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I get the first bit, the Donkey Kong bit. I know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, clearly it's about banana peels, isn't it? Because that's what Donkey Kong has, yeah. has bananas. So Donkey Kong, what happens is that Donkey Kong, he's got all of these bananas. And at some point, there's going to be banana peels. Someone, I don't know if it's Donkey Kong or if Donkey Kong needs to sort this out after, someone slips on a banana peel so badly that they go through time. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it's I think it's Donkey Kong that they slip back into uh, when was when was the video game Donkey Kong made? I'll pluck a number out of the air. Eighty one. Now let's find out. Wiki Donkey Kong. Nineteen eighty one. Yay! I had no knowledge of that. I simply based it on roughly when it should have come out, based on when other <laughs> things came out. Yes. <laughs> God, imagine that. Imagine being Miyamoto and you come up with Donkey Kong in 1981 and Super Mario Brothers. Four years later. Three years? Four years later. That is a... What a time that must have been. Yeah. Exciting. Well, um, yeah, D- D- Donkey Kong is... is in, It's 2021. Donkey Kong is uh, on the jungle on his, on his cart or whatever, as he does. I, I, as as we all tree. know, he's... he's on the jungle in his, on yeah. his cart. Yep. Yeah. Um... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got like a mine cart, hasn't he? He does a mine cart. There, so, the, uh, so the conceit of like the Donkey Kong, if we if we ignore the 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 city based one with Jumpman and stuff, right, where he climbs up. Oh, a, we'll we'll get there. Right. Um, <laughs> the 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 conceit is that K rule the the bad lizard man, mm. uh, the king. Mm. Um, you know that that cheats at Smash Brothers, Tom, to to fire oh, yeah, off yeah. the edge. Because he um, he's got a gun that sucks people. Yeah, in yeah, that, he does. That's really um, annoying. He's the industrial one. He makes the mine carts and he does the he's 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 ah. mining the natural beauty of the of, of of you know Kong Island and such. He's just about to fight King K. Rule, right? Um, and he slips on his own banana, and he goes back in time <laughs> to 1980. Uh, okay. in, and he wakes up he wakes up inside a barrel factory yes <laughs> okay in uh, in 1980 Japan um, and he's he's absolutely fuming he's he's so yeah. I'm just like he was just like I was about to king <laughs> kill King Kerul <laughs> who's he voiced by now I'm I don't know <laughs> Billy Connolly I guess uh, I was a folk I was about to beat King Kirill. <laughs> now I'm in a fucking barrel factory. <laughs> so what the fuck is this nonsense? In the early, so in the early, I've got, I've got an idea here. In the early Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong doesn't have a tie on, right? Oh. Um. Also, going through this time, the, hold on to that piece of information for a minute, right? Okay. Going through this time warp also is King K. Rule, right? It's it's a 1980s Japan, right? But King K. Rule wearing a crown, everyone's like, oh, watch out, your highness. Get away from that monkey that's just appeared. 
right? They just think because he's wearing a hat, it's, it's just like he's just a normal person. Everyone yeah. just automatically um, assumes he's the king. We should try that. Yeah. And so, and so King, King K. Rool, <laughs> we should try that. Um, King K. Rool, like capitalizing on this because he's a capitalist monarch, mm. um, uh, capitalizing on this situation says, yeah, quick, get rid of him. Like, send him to jail or put him in a zoo or whatever, right? Um, right. So all of the, these, are, these people have seen a giant ape and a giant crocodile appear. <laughs> but the crocodile's got a king, so they're like, "Okay, he's fine. He's the king. He's got a crown on, yeah." yeah. And they're like, they, "Watch they out! Like, a giant this, ape!" Yeah, yeah normally they go, "Normally <laughs> they go, watch out! A giant ape on the one hand, and a giant crocodile over there. Everyone, watch yeah. out!" But they're, in- they're, they're including the giant crocodile as one well because he's got a crown. Now they're saying, "Yeah, your highness, <laughs> yeah. get down!" You know, oh, we, there's we, a giant ape. We obviously follow and owe fealty to this guy because he's got that hat on. And at some point, so the way that he's defeated then is at some point Donkey Kong's going to knock his crown onto someone else, and everyone will start following that guy. And now King K rules nothing in their eyes. Well, remember, yeah. remember, Donkey Kong's in a barrel factory, right? Oh, so yeah. the process of like Jumpman and all that sort of stuff is. Yeah gonna go on but the final <laughs> finale here is gonna be that donkey kong steals a tie so everyone <laughs> thinks he's the boss of the barrel factory oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh i love that the whole time you were speaking completely coherently <laughs> and with a whole plan in mind and i just i'm sorry i assumed you weren't i didn't give you the benefit of the doubt well with uh, with this, I, I also like the idea of in Godzilla versus Kong movies, they cut out the bit after they say Godzilla, where it's like Godzilla, watch out, it's King Kong, he's over there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it just depends on which one of them's wearing either a crown or a tie. When when yeah. someone when one of them's wearing a crown and the other one's wearing a tie, who are the people going to be subservient to then? Because those are both like high status guys. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Now but, a tie. Know, like the- now, now the crown, right? That was silly. We can't just put a crown on and go outside and ex- assume everyone's going to treat a certain way. I reckon, though. <laughs> pop a if tie. We wore on, ties. I reckon. Pop a tie on. People are going to treat us a different way. They're going to see us. Uh, as- Dave, I've, I've I've got to tell you, I work in a board game cafe. Yeah. Um, the people who wear ties and blazers mm-hmm. and call me sir mm-hmm. uh, are, are, are not treated better by me at the very really? least <laughs> yeah. even though they called you sir and like they're trying to be all uh, polite and so on you're what just kicking their ass and being like they're trying to be all you just throwing a jelly right in their face and yeah i i I spilled spilled coffee on their lap on purpose that's Um, true that is on purpose i'm not going to your (laughs) shop with a tie on No, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is the people who wear ties to distinguish themselves from the general populace, generally, I don't have a better opinion of. No, they're, they're, they're assholes, yeah. aren't they? But here's the thing, and I agree, and, and normally I wouldn't do it, but they do seem to be able to take more from the world, don't mm. they? Aren't they? They're given more, they can simply take more, and those of us who've never done this, not assholes, that's good, but now and then. Maybe we could just avail ourselves. Of Now's that. our time, time to, to tie. wear a tie. I'm. Yeah. I'm wondering. But you have that. to be picky. You have to find the places where they they believe in that. You know. 
I I don't think the tie's got anything to do with that. I, I think it's I think it's the shirt. Because if someone came in to the cafe with just their underpants and mm-hmm. and um uh, a tie on, you would not be looking down on them. You'd be like, I wouldn't I'd be trying not to look at them at all, I think. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Well, so sorry. Well, are you saying that if they came in in a in a shirt and tie and just their underpants, that would be better? No, no, no. If they just came in with their underpants and a tie on, yeah, right. Matt would respect them so much that he wouldn't even look at them. Right. Like, he wouldn't even make eye contact with them. Mm. Um, however, if someone comes in in a shirt and a tie, it's like, oh, that's a, just a business bloke in it. Mm. I see. Well, to, be, but to be fair, Donkey Kong doesn't even have underpants on. Uh, underpants, yeah. I, I'm o- I'm only doing this for modesty. Only, like, yeah. only a tie. If someone so really mean, wanted to, that do... is the only reason that we're all wearing clothes now on this call. Hmm. Yeah, it's it, true. If, if someone really wanted to do the the full Donkey Kong, yeah, they'd come in bollock naked <laughs> with a tie on and start now, beating their chest. Think about how much respect. Like I can't even begin to comprehend how much respect Matt is giving right now to people who are at home in their own homes in just their underwear or less, and Matt yeah. can't see that. Matt isn't looking at them now either. No, that is some hella respect. I mean, to be fair, I, I give more uh, respect than the average ties. person. I give more respect to the av- yeah. than the average person generally because my eyesight's terrible, and therefore, um, um, you know. I- I, I most people have a lot of respect from me because I'm not looking at them much. You can't tell whether they're wearing ties or not. Exactly. Yeah. Now, whereas I, I'm very uh, disrespectful. So what I do is, whenever anyone is in their underwear or less, I just go round their house. I just climb in the window. <laughs> um, that's where I'm always to be found. It's incredibly disrespectful. Um, very. Di- no, that's what I've been told. I've been. They've they've said things to that ex- to that effect. <laughs> so, so Matt, you're telling me if someone came into the cafe uh, naked except for a tie, started yeah. beating their chest, eating bananas, <laughs> and, might, and, now, and now with just, with a hype want... group doing a rap oh, of behind them. And if you're worried about modesty, it can just be a long tie. Yeah, a very long tie. And <laughs> all right. Blowing your own trumpet a bit there, Tom, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's... Uh, someone's got to blow it. Um, the... <laughs> My mum's making me fast forward through this bit of the podcast. <laughs> God, I, I, have, I, I have lost the level... I lost the number of layers to which this is... <laughs> yeah, yes. that's a callback to something before we hit record. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So you're saying, Matt, that you wouldn't go over to that crocodile in the corner and go, "Get the fuck out! We need, we need the space would, for would... this naked, naked <laughs> Thai man. man with a <laughs> with uh, a rat question, group. Tom. Uh, one, one, one simple qu- clarifying question. Yeah. Is the crocodile wearing a crown? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. He's he's got a crown. And he's also. Uh, Carrying a giant vacuum blunderbuss kind of thing. Well, in which case, I would say, Your Majesty, get down. There's an ape. (laughs) 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 
this Fair is getting enough. us absolutely no closer to pitching a film. <laughs> <laughs> so, so obviously he's 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 got a Matt, tie and Matt, he's become so it, the it, boss of this barrel just, factory. I, is the reason you've turned off your camera, Matt, because you're about to take all your clothes off, save a tie? <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, because uh, the connection was going. Uh, right. right. <clears throat> I'll uh, I'll control and eat it again. That, that photo is do what is you need to do. Probably the best photo to have in this situation is you fully extended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, to the listener, Tom's referring to Matt's yeah. arms. <laughs> <laughs> no, the listener is never going to hear any of this. Fully extended. <laughs> Um, so yeah Donkey Kong is is, because he's got a tie he's now the boss of the barrel factory yeah yeah like I think that's (laughs) the the end of this the end of this movie is just him stealing stealing a tie like off a washing line that goes between this barrel factory and like the next door high-rise New York housing, <laughs> and uh, you know he just eventually finds a tie, puts it on, and everyone's like, "Oh, where, where, where's the ape gone?" <laughs> <laughs> All I see is a boss. <laughs> All I can see is a, is my boss naked. So I'll be I'll be submitting a report, but you know, first I've got to climb all <laughs> these ladders first. <laughs> And you know that's when I think that's when him that's when Donkey Kong and Mario bond for the first time, um, <laughs> or Jumpman, as, as he was previously known. Well, he's called Mario, but Donkey Kong didn't know his name, so he just called him Jumpman because he was because oh, you just see him jumping. Yeah, yeah. And as and as soon as uh, and as soon as Donkey Kong wears the tie and he says Jumpman, uh, Mario's like, "Yes, sir." Yeah. You know, boing boing yeah. boing. Oh, hi. Exactly. Donkey Kong say jump, <laughs> you say how high. Uh, I, and I think they just live the rest of their lives out in 1981. 19, 19, <laughs> well, well, I mean, actually, hang on a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> they travel through time forwards at one second per second. Yeah, that well, point, wait, but... wait, wait, wait. I think they go back further in time than 1981 because this accounts for the, the discrepancy where Nintendo reckon that Mario is 25. I think. Do you remember they said this a few years ago that Mario is meant to be 25? And we all went, no. <laughs> but, so he's gone back in no. time. So now he's like middle-aged by the time <laughs> of Super Mario Shut Brothers. Up. Because of this. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying the finale of this takes Mario, Donkey Kong and K. Rule all the way, uh, or even further back no, they ju- well maybe using K. Rule's maybe, time but it's, but if they just live out the rest of their days having gone back in time, then that solves the problem as far as I'm concerned, as long as they get you know, to be middle-aged by the time of Super Mario Brothers four years later, so, so what's middle-aged? Like 40? So you want to be you want him to be about 35 in Donkey Kong, so Okay. So he's gone back in time to 1971, set up a plumbing business in Brooklyn, <laughs> and that is why it all connects together. There we go. And it all connects because K. Rule, yeah, is is a, is a is a descendant of dinosaurs of Cooper. Yeah, K. Rule. Yeah, we've got 
it's it's all tied into if you listening along at home um it's all tied into the super mario brothers movie lore. yeah so uh, go and watch that and then come back to this pick <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch that in order to get everything that we've just said <laughs> we should talk about our, our favorite um uh, video game adaptation movies well, I mean, okay, but uh, you know how long I'll go on for. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, we. The thing is, though, we have joked in this podcast about. Yeah. On this podcast, on this very podcast. Yeah. Those pe- people who don't know you, Dave, or I'm sure most people on this, who listen to this podcast do know you, but people who don't know you, uh, uh, separate this, this podcast. podcast yeah. Um probably don't know that you are mm. one of the biggest advocates for a very specific video game adaptation yeah, um, yeah. movie yeah. um, alright well, let's what, do it what is it about Sonic the Hedgehog the movie that you really like <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tyson Hess next question <laughs> Um, oh, is yeah. this it? Have we started? Have you? Have, that was the yeah, intro yeah. and we're on recording now okay so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a very about? big yeah. I am a very big fan of the Super Mario Brothers movie. This is not an ironic statement, nor am I, like, I haven't gone like, oh, that's silly, I'll like that. No, genuinely, when that film came out, I thought it was going to be good. I went to see it, thought it was good. Went to see it again, thought it was good again. Bought it on video, (laughs) thought it was good. Every single time I've ever seen the Super Mario Brothers film, I thought it was good. And then found out that other people disagree and this was news <laughs> to me genuinely I had absolutely no idea that this could be the case like I went to it with different friends none of them expressed mm. any opinion that it was bad whenever it came up in conversation at school it was like oh yeah the Super Mario Brothers movie yeah well we didn't say that we said the Mario film there's me going all American I'm trying to get back to my roots and uh, wait, what, what we called it was the Mario, the Mario film and uh, yeah, Mario no, film I just didn't know that anyone didn't like it until I got on the internet and specifically uh, one article was written about it on uh, a website and uh, people passed that round and agreed with it and then of course Doug Walker uh, did his video and people passed mm. that round and agreed with it and uh, yeah now it's just famous that it's bad but I mean uh, I don't know actually now because I've, I've been planning a big video about it for ages so I'll I'll speak in full there but actually in the time that I've been planning that video uh, public opinion has risen a bit for this film because people have actually watched it instead of just whinging on about the fact that it doesn't resemble a game that came out years after it did um, and um, yeah no it's, it's just it's just like a good film <laughs> it is like that, that era of that era of movie yeah could have sent yeah the uh the, the movie industry down two separate ways right mm. and that era of movie ended with the matrix yes full stop um, well and, like, and connecting it to the matrix like the sort of honestly part of the reason why its reputation is picking up at the moment is that it's a fairly good example of a sort of a kink movie it's kind of a um it's a it's a horny cyberpunk film. And it's got a BDSM vibe to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it super duper does. And so, <laughs> internet culture has essentially found its way back to a place where they can enjoy. Well, not back to it. Has found its way to a position where they can enjoy this film. And um, now, of course, that's not what I wasn't eleven years old and sitting there going like, "Hey, this is really horny," and everyone's in in uh, rubber um, no it was just that I thought it was good I thought it was a good film about two plumbers who end up 
in a weird place. Uh, just a like weird that. mushroom cavern. Yeah. yeah. Now, it didn't uh, <laughs> concern me at all. I was a big Mario fan at the time, but it did not concern me that it was nothing like Mario. Because, well, firstly, because Bob Hoskins is exactly like Mario. And that's the other thing. Since <laughs> the film came out, people younger than me who are always the problem and you 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 are you're included you're younger than me and you're a big problem in my life um but <laughs> people younger than me don't started not to know that mario was a brooklyn plumber who ended up in a funny place so they just thought that he was a man who's supposed to be from a fantasy kingdom and um so even the bit where he's a brooklyn plumber who goes to a strange place that's wrong to them that's like incorrect to them whereas to me it's like a really good treatment of that because it's the only version where you they actually like tackle the fact that it's difficult to be a plumber and like like he's his business is failing there's undertones of like um sort of like you know second generation immigrant families and so on there's there's (laughs) there's that sort of stuff going on it the first about quarter of an hour 20 minutes of the film is a quite realistic kitchen sink drama about a failing small business. And then yeah. they end up in this S&M kingdom. And they, <laughs> and they thrive there. Like, <laughs> Mario fits in brilliantly. He just snaps in. He's like, all oh, right, now I've adjusted to this. And he just yeah, gets I'm in just- on the scene. I'm, 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 everyone wants me. I'm dancing with the yes. coolest person in town. Yes. Like- <laughs> yes. I am yeah it's like you know the thing where like the, that old nonsense um, uh, thing that people joke about where it's like oh when you're in prison the first thing you'll do is punch the biggest guy there right yeah. what Mario does the first thing he's in town with is he seduces the biggest woman there and it's brilliant <laughs> yeah I, I, you like honestly that that era of movie because I was a child during that time mm. Um, has always appealed to me, right? It, it, it's always, for me, been this incredibly, like, wholesome. I think what some people think about, like, you know, the era of E.T. and the era yeah. of, like, the Goonies and stuff, to me, that is... That is then, right? That's That's got... That's all the ridiculous, um, kind of semi-animated, in many cases, high-concept um, 90s movies. Mm-hmm. Me, my brother and I, which who were the only ones whose whose opinions mattered on on film at the time, yeah. uh, watched the uh, the Mario movie or the, sorry the what was it sorry the Mario the film. Mario film yeah the Mario film um, uh, the we watched that on TV I think my, my my parents must have taped it off the off the TV yeah um, and um, we got as far as. I'm sure I've told this on the on the uh, podcast before. We got as far as the the, the Yoshi reveal, mm. um, where Yoshi is re- revealed to be like a mutant Steve Buscemi um, creature, um, like this what? weird weird eyed lizard monster, um, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and we we were like this. What's that got to do with Steve Buscemi? <laughs> he's got weird eyes. I guess he has got weird <laughs> eyes. Yeah. But he's not like one of the best animatronic dinosaurs ever created. So I guess that's where the uh, I guess that's where my disconnect is. Uh, I yes, it was it, the eyes. The eyes were too like. That's human. wrong. I shouldn't say animatronic. It was hand hand puppeted. There was a load was of guys puppeted. behind it dressed in blue screen stuff. I think. It, uh, wow. Do you know? 
Like, I can see that now, but it yeah. just looks wrong. A lot of people fall <laughs> off there, like, if they haven't already, because... I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why that's the breaking point and not, you know, Toad. Um, but it is, yeah. A lot of people go like, no, that doesn't resemble Yoshi. Even though, to me, it kind of does, because, like, he was always meant to be a dinosaur, a little guy. Um, oh, for sure, for sure. It just doesn't look cute. Like, yeah. You can't That's just make a, a yeah. normal dinosaur. You can't just make a Jurassic Park dinosaur mm. elongate its legs mm-hmm. for no reason, and then um, and and then just make its eyes bigger. And that doesn't make it cute. Do you know? I you're kind of right. I think. And and thinking back, I never found it cute either. But what I do appreciate, and I really love this, and I th- and and again, I think this is evidence that it's a good film, is that Daisy does think it's cute and daisy (laughs) daisy is a paleontologist and she and that isn't they don't do enough with that in the film right that they have this this incredibly accomplished paleontologist woman who and this is fair enough this is a strike against the film just gets kidnapped and has to sit in the kidnap room fair Mm. enough that's not very good treatment of that character and of course she gets incredibly creeped on by hopper as well but um the fact that she's like oh my god uh, dine- and of course this came out like a day before Jurassic Park so we hadn't had the iconic turn the head look at the dinosaur scene so this was it for me this was her going like a dinosaur it's a dinosaur I'm gonna rub its little head and uh, I like that that makes yeah. Yoshi cute to me <laughs> that's fair I yeah <laughs> the, it, it, also it was around the time after yeah. Jurassic Park craze yeah. and I think around the same time as Theodore Rex, which is when that bubble burst, yes. uh, explicitly burst. <laughs> that was the moment. that was the needle that burst the dinosaur. That literally bubble. was that is, the needle. That was the film that made everyone decide. Right, we've we've had we've seen we've seen Whoopi Goldberg in a cop show with a dinosaur. She says she says at some point. No, no, the dinosaur says at some point. I, I, I think this is the tip of that pin. The dinosaurs at some point, you're not speciesist, are you? <laughs> to Whoopi <laughs> no. Goldberg. I think that's when everyone collectively just went, nope, <laughs> nope, we've had enough of dinosaur movies now. I think that might also this is... have been the bursting of the Henson bubble, despite that movie not being Henson. <laughs> um... <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> like I think that might have been also when everyone you went to something there that there was two s- two salvos <laughs> one a brilliantly done dinosaur film in which there were actually a lot of what we might call Henson-esque puppets but we think of it as all CG and then that as the like is what we can do with puppets yeah yeah, yeah maybe um, what a shame and, 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 and in between there we had like what was it it was called Dinosaurs right the um, yeah the, the oh that was great Henson the- show yeah, that was show. great. Yeah, that was great. Um, and like that was that was at peak, you know, dinosaurs can get you anywhere sort of uh, situation where it like you know, <laughs> you you, I don't think you make a Henson sitcom um, any other like uh, in that capacity any other way, right? Uh, there isn't hmm. the Muppets, um, yeah. but like yeah, I. I <laughs> I think Mario lands in there somewhere, right? It lands yeah. in that context of a dying, a mm. dying bubble, and um, yeah, it does. Yeah, I, it, honestly, there's a weird it's context of, to that. It's one of the last 
Do you know what? Yeah, because as CG took over, um, and I might sound a bit old man about this, but there was something about 80s and 90s films before we could before we could make anything look reasonable mm. where the whole point of going to a film was to enter a world where how could we possibly have seen this in any other circumstance except this film um mm. me and Jahan did a uh, honey i shrunk the kids episode of serious business where we were thinking about this it was a flavor of film that you had back then like oh you can never see this any other way and yeah. then now um, you can see anything all day long, all the time. So there's almost nothing that makes us feel that way anymore. It's like, wow, look at that. Wow, look what they've created. Because we just, yeah, of course, we assume they can just make anything. Um, and of course, between the two, between, you know, sort of really starting just after um, Jurassic Park and Mario and so on. And then up until just really a few years ago, there was this whole era where the CG wasn't good enough to create yeah. the images that we wanted to see and so everything was a bit frustrating and annoying and and the, the, I, I think of that as quite yeah. a dark time in watching uh, escapist fantasy films whereas before that when you could see exactly how they were done because they were coupled, to, coupled together out of latex and so on somehow that you, you weren't required to suspend your disbelief you were just looking at things people had made that were impressive in in a way um there's, I mean, I guess there, I guess there was a pre-built and inbuilt sense of disbelief, uh, suspension mm. disbelief, I should say. Yeah. Um, like when so, suddenly, when when CG came along and it became clear that anything could be attempted in the most like you know uh, in the, in the grandest way, suddenly our, our, our suspension of disbelief was. Um, actually damaged because we started see, seeing yeah. things we started trying to discern things from reality because I think yeah. you know we, we, we look at around that time and I, I you know, I'll go back to the Matrix again um, mm. and I'll say the Matrix as CG was all about trying to make everything look real yep. you know it like and, and, and even before then it, it, they weren't trying to make things look fantastical they weren't trying to, you know. If I look, if I think about the like the CG in the Matrix versus the CG in the Page Master, the the, the Page Master <laughs> was a load of paint, right? It was gooey and weird wow. and uh, Power Rangers movie, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, you got Ivan Ooze with all his weird like blob monsters and stuff. Mm. That was fantastical stuff. And then the, when 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 people actually started to take CG films seriously, I think. And, I'm, and obviously, I'm I'm, I'm relating uh, a movie designed for teens and adults to two movies designed for children. Yeah. Um, but um, it was when when people started taking CG stuff seriously was when the people started going, "We want this to look like you could bump into it." Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. that was never the case with like puppet no, stuff. And- it was assumed you could bump into it. It's a thing. Yeah, one of the things about the Mario film that I I like um, that one came out naturally, by the way, and quite pleased myself there. I've trained myself properly there. Um, about the Mario film that I genuinely think was like an amazing new idea was the fungus in it, which is that the whole city is covered in what like like a mycelial network. What would normally be underground, the actual veins of this fungus are all over everything, and it's all practical effect. Mm-hmm. and yes it moves and does stuff now and then there's one bit where a mushroom grows and that's cg but the rest of it is all practical and yeah. um 
and it's not just that it's a practical effect it's like how did they think of it at all like no one then or since thinks of fungus as that as veins and arteries draped across things they think of it as mushrooms popping out of the ground yeah i've I've never seen fungus depicted in this way ever so it's like still a really original idea and the and 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 yet a perfect illustration of the very idea that a city has (laughs) gone to rot it's amazing to me that it's <laughs> yeah. such an original vision and that no one's no, nothing else has it in Is but it, the, fun, the fungus if I if I recall in yeah. that case was it, it is uh, God in a way right <laughs> it's no. like what what they, they have they well, have like I, I face, haven't seen this movie man they have like this like the fungus I, I've been fine oh I see what you're saying it well so what the fungus is and I, I don't want to spoil it for Tom because <laughs> obviously, but you know, soon we're going to be able to meet up uh. and watch this film. But mm-hmm. um, the fungus is a person. The fungus, is, the Cooper is de-evolving people back into pre, uh, what's the word? Primordial forms. And uh, mm-hmm. so he's turned some people into these kind of um, like, like Cro-Magnum lizard things and mm. um the uh, fungus is just someone who he's evolved back into a fungus not that we evolved from fungus but that in this film you can do that and uh well it's, so, the, it's the mushroom kingdom like it, yeah people because might be because yeah. he took over by well no but that's the thing it's not a mushroom king they're all evolved from dinosaurs there but the king the good king who everybody liked has been de-evolved into fungus and right. he Ha- but but Cooper hasn't been and that's how he took over but Cooper hasn't been able to control it it's a fungus it spreads so this guy this king is spread all I mean it's just muck now he's just glop but he's spread across as a vegetable or whatever a fungus is a, a fungus is probably what it's ca- categorized as has spread all yeah. over the city and can do little things to help anyone who happens to be trying an insurrection against Cooper. And so now and then a mushroom will help. <laughs> and uh, and that's what it is. And that's brilliant. Wow. It's a really, really unique version of uh, just a game movie, right? Because it is like... I've heard you talking about this, about this sort of thing on Sonic the Comic the podcast right yeah um where it's like these aren't game features these are extrapolations of game features mm. these aren't like you can't make or always make games into a narrative because if you're if you're making them one-to-one and i think a lot of game movie ad- adaptations fall down there right they yeah. fall down uh when they try to hammer in a uh a ring uh, the yeah. uh, like Sonic Sonic's collecting rings and then he drops them all and then that's the problem and and <laughs> what have you. Um, like I'm trying to think of an example there actually. Like where it might be like it might even be as much as like you know Assassin's Creed diving into hay bales sort of stuff, right? Like yeah. just mm. that sort of stuff. Start it start they start to try and follow the cleave too closely to the games um, and stop trying to make a good movie um yeah the fact is that there are now that back then there were no games that were cinematic in any way so what you were trying to make a film out of then was just 
like a set of rules like you know you go that way and jump over this and jump on that and so from yeah. there what is that why would what's the film of that and um i think some people would have gone well we have to take all of the iconography from the game and we have to make a film out of that and what they did with mario <laughs> is they just went like well no let's not bother with that let's just like uh, I think he's a plumber and he goes somewhere and there's <laughs> mushrooms and they did that um, <laughs> but but now f- games are already kind of films now anyway but with interactive yeah. sections and so if you do it now when you make a game adaptation into a film there's no point in doing it like you're definite like like for example yeah. when they made the the I'm going to say in quote marks tomb Ra- recent Tomb Raider film um, yeah that the the that was, it was somehow less cinematic than the game that it was based on which was the mm. reboot tomb raider mm. game and and like it just you sat there I, I only got halfway through it but you sat there going like there's no point in like outside of you know out, unless if you are the people who made the film the reason you did it is because well i i don't have any investors i don't make any money from this game but i am in a position where i can make money by signing off on there being a film adaptation. That's it. That's the only reason that film yeah. existed. Because it was less epic than the than the game. And so yeah, it's yeah, it, it's a it's a tricky question now. Why would you even make a film out of a game at all? To make to make like so, so if you wanted to make a piece of art that's mm. not maybe not stands alone but but mm. functions as something to flesh out or to augment other yeah. art at the games um like what how do you go about that i mean the best example that i've seen so far is is detective pikachu uh, it, yeah it, it it allowed me to feel like i i am more of a fan of pokemon than i was before i watched detective pikachu huh. um because i feel like i had that moment Fulfilled, where I was like, I, I was thinking, I'm in a world filled with Pokemon who are going about their daily business, and animals are magical, and they they crawl around and they want wander up and down, Ooh. and they they have their personalities, and the the possibilities there are endless. And I just think, <laughs> imagine a magical world where animals can crawl around and wander up and down. That's the vision <laughs> of Detective <Yeah>. Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> But like um, <laughs> with Detective Pikachu, and with any, with, well, with adapting any sort of live-action Pokemon movie, it's not that much of a leap as we found with Detective Pikachu. It's not that much of a leap to really kind of bring it home. Uh, I mean, mm. like if uh, if there wasn't the gimmick of of having Detective Pikachu talk and have Ryan Reynolds voice, that film could just be the same. Mm. <laughs> like it's. He's just got a, a Pikachu buddy that helps him with clues. Yeah. Um, and it is yeah. it, it leans into the noir genre quite well. Um, yeah. And and just has and and gets a good story out of it. It doesn't it doesn't rely on having to explain the game's mechanics in the narrative because it is just. I mean, it it does do it, but it doesn't it. It does do it in Detective Pikachu because they do have the whole sort of like, oh, Pokemon aren't allowed to battle in this city kind it of thing. It goes out of its but way. But it does the opposite say, of what we think. Yeah, yeah. It goes out of its way yeah. to contradict 
your expectations of the Pokemon genre. What that does mean is that people who who know what Pokemon is are going to get way more out of that movie than people who don't. Um, yeah. Well, that that and uh, that and Pokemon is already set in a world very much. It is an open world RPG Pokemon, so that there is just a world you can have a story in. And well, it yeah, works. it's because the the premise of Pokemon can be explained in a sentence, and you don't need any more than that because there's so many different Pokemon that as long as you word that sentence in in such a way as to say like ah they can all do different stuff wait and see what they do in this then it doesn't yeah. really you don't need to explain like okay so I better tell you what a Magikarp is before we can get any further into this you don't need to know it's just yeah, yeah kids collect no. monsters and they they fight and or do other stuff and yeah. and in and in many ways like uh, this is my personal feeling this is you know. I think that the story in Detective Pikachu was far less important than the world they built. Yeah. Um, mm. They listen. I, I like. I, I believe that the way that series is going um, is from from rumbly rumors is that you know like the next ones won't be in that city and that there'll be battles and there'll be pokeballs and that sort of thing, right? Mm. Um, uh, but that movie goes out of its way at the start to say. Hey, here's how you here's how you catch Pokemon normally, and you put them in fucking balls, and then this guy's that's going on the, the train. <laughs> that's um, this guy's going on the train to this city, and on the way is they're going. We don't do that here. Hmm. You just wait and see what we do. Um, <laughs> and yeah. That's that's the world it, it, outline. It doesn't follow. It doesn't follow the game's mechanics. Yeah, that's what's so good about it. Like it, it basically just uses that world and goes right. We can tell a story in here. Like the Pokemon anime obviously follows the sort of game mechanics of oh, we're going to have a Pokemon battle, and that's kind of what takes a wider audience away from it. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like oh, we're just watching Pokemon fight. But if you have, if you basically take another film, <laughs> like like a film noir, and then just go right, ram this into Pokemon. And just have Pokemon be part of the part of the narrative. It it makes a better film uh, as a fan. And when you get when you get well, like stuff like Tomb Raider, where the the game uh, the game mechanics are in the film. I mean, Tomb Raider has bits where she's figuring out puzzles and everything like that, and they're all and she has to do gymna- gymnastics to get over. Uh, do I, I'm. I'm looking at the Lara Croft one. The Alicia Vikander one was was better, but it still wasn't great. Um, uh, but aren't like, they all the Lara Croft one? Did I said the Lara Croft one. Yeah. The Angelina Jolie one. Ah, yeah, that's the one. That's what. I that's what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> but like, it's it's stuff where it's stuff where you just basically take the the mechanics of a game and go right. Well, they've got to do this in in the movie. Uh, because that's what people who have played the game are expecting. Mm. Um, but you don't go same, to the movie uh, to see things you're expecting. That's the thing. Like you exactly. don't go to the cinema to see things you're expecting. You go to the cinema to see something new. And I think, isn't it a storyteller's like? And I'll probably, you know, we're about half an hour into this. It's probably, yeah, a storyteller's duty to take themes from something to try to engage either visual themes or, or narrative themes um, 
and then try to address them to the audience in such a way as they don't recognize them. We've got so few successful examples in, in, in video game adaptations, and it would be really nice to have some more. So uh, there we go. That's uh, you look like. Wow, you look like Tony Hawk. I, I love the <laughs> I love the use of the word wow in a film yeah. title. Yeah. Not, there's not enough wow films or things like that. Like, <laughs> really, I, how many? I can think. Help! Exclamation mark. I'm a fish. That's one. Yeah. That's the only yeah. one I can think of. Help! Uh, uh, the the Beatles movie as well. Yeah, I suppose, but you need another. You need you need the the main yeah. body of the text to be after that. Exclam- uh, exclamation honey i shrunk the kids that's kind of honey that. no no kids. yeah if yeah. that was like fuck i shrunk the kids then that'd be one thing uh, yeah you, you you've you've got like mamma mia a yeah. thingy musical right like right but no yeah mamma mia here we go again that uh, that yeah. i think is the title of the second film something i perhaps the only thing i appreciate about the uh, the mamma mia films is that title of that second film yeah um and that that counts yeah mamma mia yeah, exclamation ma- mark and then the body of the of the name here we go again help exclamation mark i'm a fish wow exclamation mark you look like tony hawk that's more of those please hollywood yeah <laughs> yeah what what films would benefit from wow yeah before, okay let's uh, think about um, the title so like gosh exclamation mark Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> Gandhi. Wow, Gandhi. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so what we've established is that any film, if you put that in front of it, yeah. it improves it. What's one that already that, that actually would <laughs> one that actually you need a what you need is a sort of film where the title is a sentence, is a full sentence. Like you look yeah. like Tony Hawk. It needs to be something like that. It's not not a catchy name at all, but a sentence. What films are there that have a name oh. like that? Tada! Now you see me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Tada! Now you see me too. <laughs> Tada! Now you see me too. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, well, hey! Exclamation mark! It's a wonderful life. <laughs> hey! Exclamation mark! You only live twice. That's good. That's, That's good. Hey. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I feel um... like a better exclamation could be applied to that. What about Doctor No, comma, shit? (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was Doctor, comma, no, comma, shit. Doctor, no, shit. Yeah, no, that's the the title of a film about a doctor who's about to get run over. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Well, it's a spoiler in the title, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Doctor, no! Shit. <laughs> what? A fish called Wanda? <laughs> uh, breakfast at Tiffany's! Yes! You see, no, you know, no, I like these, but they're not sentences. We need sentence films. <laughs> I, I quite like, yes, breakfast at Tiffany's, though. Oh, I like it. Don't get me you're wrong. Excited. Yeah, you're excited about getting a Tiffany's for breakfast. Uh, to just munch on a load of diamonds. Right. Okay. Okay. I found a list of movies with titles that are a full sentence. <laughs> oh God. So <laughs> let's see what we've got. Crikey, dead men are dangerous. 
<laughs> That's one. Give me a right. Uh, give me a. You give me the exclamations, and I'll add a film title. Stop. I was a male war bride. <laughs> Hang on, let me find another one. Uh, you, you, you get. Egad. My gun is quick. <laughs> My gun is quick. He's <laughs> like, I'm gonna shoot Good you. Oh, flipping neck. Wait. This woman is dangerous. <laughs> These are pretty good. These yeah. are pretty good. <laughs> and then you've got the old classic Apocalypse Wow. Hey! <laughs> I found another film. Ooh. This this needs no uh, amendment. This this is the name of a film as it is from nineteen thirty three. The film yeah. is called. Hallelujah! I'm a bum! <laughs> Jesus Christ, superstar! <laughs> okay, there we go. Now we can do the normal podcast again. <laughs> now we've got it out of our system. Yeah. Hello, just want to say thank you for listening to the Lives of Pitch deleted scenes. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, maybe consider sharing it with your friends on social media, by word of mouth anywhere really maybe put it onto a, a thumb drive and just throw it at someone and maybe even reviewing it on wherever you got it if you find it somewhere on iTunes or Acast or wherever maybe review it there five stars thumbs up give everyone the heads up like I said before thank you cheers right bye, bye.